Hey, we're live. Back in the Saddle Dome. As some might say, or the Thunder Dome, whichever one you prefer. The Doug Dim Dimmy Dome. Yes. We're doing the top half of the table, Sam. The boring half, as you would say. Yes, I would say so. I would say that these clubs are not the top table. They're the bottom table. Something the like reverse that. table. Number 10. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. football club. What a fantastic season for Fulham. Out of nowhere. Out of absolutely nowhere. Bringing in. I feel so good. It's it's one of those things where you, you, you are you kind of, I think everyone wrote him off, and it, it, it does play to some teams' advantages to do that, you know, being written off like that. Can you, are you Their best stretch, the Sam, match week the 17 through match week, I guess 20, week. technically. Um, little uh, four-game win streak in a row, but they did such a good job of, like, piling up points all throughout the year. A lot of win-loss draws just all mixed in. They didn't have, like, tremendous runs of good form or bad form. I guess they did have one four-game losing streak from the metric 26 through 30. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to attribute it to anything, the why, Sam, it has to be Tim Ream, number one. Tim Ream, goaded with I think, the sauce. You know, it's weird. I think a lot of people would probably attribute it, oddly, to, like, Mitrovic. And I guess certain timely goal scoring, which isn't wrong. Those are big factors. But I feel like the two main MVPs of this team were Tim Ream and Burnt Leno, who quite quite frankly played like a top five goalie. You could argue in certain aspects a top three goalie at times this year. And you can't forget Mr. Tackles himself, Polina. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's kind of the main, uh, main, the main thing. Well, you know, it they played according to this football reference here. Every single Premier League game, they played a four-two-three-one. Would you believe that, Sam? You know, I would believe that, and I, th I was just gonna say, Fulham. Something about keeping it basic. Fulham's greatest strength, their consistency. They know they knew where they were. And they just played into it. In a season where teams lacked consistency throughout the table, Fulham even, had that consistency and it showed. We even brought that up with the, uh, even just Forrest. Like, you just kept Steve Cooper the whole year. Yes. And that was good enough. Yes, exactly. You avoid doing anything too drastic and you reap the rewards of it. Uh, Looking ahead. Yes. Looking ahead. Um, obviously going to have to build off it. You're probably going to get poached by one of these teams around the same area as you for Paulinia, but you're going to get more than likely like 40, 50 mil for him, which, I mean, a good return on investment, but he's insanely important to what you do. Um, I think that's going to be the main thing that sticks with me as far as their main thing going in the summer, it's like, well, what are they really going to do? You know? Um, how about you? What is what is your takeaway for the season, but also kind of the future look on them? They, uh, they set themselves a high bar for next season. It's going to be tough. I mean, so far, Marco Silva still on board, but... That can always change. That can change you never, teams. You never trust them. Probably going after him. Um terms of players yeah Polina probably gonna get bought um you know they could I, I'll say this they could sell a couple meme guys in terms of like they played well from this year but it's like do you really trust them like Anthony Robinson at times I think is a bit overinflated for how he performed he played well for good stretches and then kind of sneaky bad at times I feel like you could if you really wanted to capitalize you could probably sell him now um but I don't know. It, it's not like any of their guys like completely overperformed, and you're like, "Wow, this!" I don't think they can totally repeat this. But 
at the same time, we've seen it with Silva teams where it just like sometimes it completely falls apart. Then he's sacked, and you're like, uh oh. Well, I would say the one exception to that would be getting a career year out of Tim Ream. Yeah, Tim <clears throat> Ream. I mean, it probably Burnt Lano too. I guess if you want to be, because the odds of him playing that well again are slim to none. But yeah, it's it's possible. Ream's got another good year left in the tank, but. He's got this injury he's dealing with now, and uh, overall, he's hey, like what 35 about Tosin? years old. You're saying Tosin can't be that bad again, Tosin, right? Tosin is bad, but apparently he's going to Inter Milan, so... Wow. Yeah. Him and him and who? Him I, and Danny Rose? I don't know. I, I had to read people praising Tosin, and it hurt my eyes. They're like, you know, if he could just... Not have the play well. occasional blunder. It's like, oh, he, he does that. They'll never be top the Miguel Sano and the twins of the, if he could hit sliders. And then they like show this stat where it's like his batting average against sliders was like one for 43. If he didn't strike out half the time. <laughs> he would be amazing. Uh, But yeah, I think it'll be tough next season to replicate. I think the, I think the overall quality is unlikely to be as bad as it was here's one thing and this will be my last point on Fulham that i want to make and i'll let you hit your closing statements but um you know obviously kind of went over the why timely goal scoring was pretty key but also having a ball winner in midfield having solid defense just you know being a well-rounded squad i will say if you're able to pull paulina out of you know, being a kind of under the radar signing, only pick it up for like 15, 20 mil. You get Solomon on loan. I think that they, and who knows, maybe it's just luck, but I think their recruitment's half decent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're able to go in the market and get another guy or two, they they could definitely easily stick around again next year. That wouldn't, that wouldn't surprise me. Solid I just don't know if they can really go up in terms of like, pushing for Europe unless they keep Paulinho somehow, which again we talked about, I just don't see it. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty tough. I mean, I really think they need to reinforce the attack. I'm not all that enthused about the options, but um yeah. Overall, season grade I'd give them an A. Mm-hmm. They they surpassed any expectations. That they would have had. Um, yeah, it's weird. Their expected goal difference this year. Not, and we always have to preface this with we don't really care much for advanced stats, but the minus seventeen point six is crazy, given the fact they ended up at plus two. I think that goes to show less about the attack and more so, you know, how well their defense kind of stood up and Leno played well. Yeah. Yeah. Any moving thoughts before we move to nine Brentford? No, let's let's do it. Let's roll, baby. Brentford, ninth place this season. Um, if you're looking at the why, you're really just looking at one man, Sam. Looking at Ivan Tony, he's he's what you would say is goaded. Yes. He uh, is establishing himself, or really established himself as the one of the premier strikers of the Premier League. Um, peak of the season from match week 14 through match week 26, Sam. They did not lose a game. 12-game unbeaten run, which included, uh, I think, six wins and six draws or something like that. Mm. Very, very impressive. Stuff and even to close the year, they won what one, two, three, four, five, six. They won five of their last six. So, yeah, not to mention doing the double over Manchester City, huge win against Manchester United, second week of the season, the big four nil thumping. Yes, that was they show up against the big dogs, that's for sure. Yeah, they took a point off uh, Arsenal. They beat, you know, they still beat up on the lowly teams like Chelsea, but, you know, and Tottenham. But 
they take care of business all across the board. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, the why kind of got into it a little bit with the goal scoring. Obviously, you know, before the year, we're like, who's going to replace Erickson? Jensen wasn't amazing playmaking-wise necessarily early on and throughout, but he was great just in terms of kind of linking the defense to the attack uh, midfield and then the midfield to the attack. Mm -hmm. um, they're kind of still relying on Embuemo for a lot of creativity, especially out wide, but um, still super, super efficient on set pieces. Yeah, They didn't win as many this year as they did last year, but they were just as efficient capitalizing on everything. Um, as far as why what might have held them back, they it felt like they kind of had... I wouldn't say an injury crisis, but they had a, a few more people hurt this year. Obviously, mm -hmm. notably, you got Pontius Janssen at the end of the year. Ayer yeah, um, was out for a while. Keen Lewis Potter was out for a while. Yeah. And then Ivan Tony getting banned at the end of the season. Yeah, Norgar got hurt too. It's a little, you know, adversity, and they're able to fight through it. Um, obviously, David Raya... Pretty solid play this year. Mm -hmm. uh, was another major component. Apparently, going to sell him for thirty to forty mil. Um, they even brought in a new goalie. They brought in someone from the Bundesliga. I don't remember off the top of my head. Thomas Strakosha. Um, no, he was their backup last year. It was they just signed a guy? I want to say from. Don't even. I, I'd hate to even give it a go. But regardless, um, let's look ahead. Look ahead for Brentford. See what, see where they can uh, improve. Obviously, the main look at now is going to be replacing Ivan Tony for six months mm -hmm. or thereabouts. Um, we're going to miss half the season. Come back in January. Where will the goals come from? They didn't really struggle to score at the end of the year. Obviously, even without Tony, but they're playing some shoddy defenses for the most part. Um, yeah. but still, you know, they're just <clears throat> going to be very reliant on Embuemo, Gata, who they officially signed. Um, you know, maybe Domsgaard gets a little more involved this year. We'll see. Uh, you mentioned Keen Lewis Potter before. I think they're just going to need some of the younger guys to kind of step up. Yeah. Uh, and then of course I'll be relying on the, the timely Wisa goal, the timely Josh De Silva mm -hmm. banger out of nowhere. So. That that's the main thing is obviously Tony, um, and then uh, the goalkeeping replacement there. And he brought that in, but we'll see. I think another thing that might be a little under the radar: they don't have like the youngest, yeah, back line. Uh, especially you know me, they're pretty relying on me. I'll let you expand on that. Yeah, I mean, two of their big center backs, Ben Me, Pontius Janssen. Ben Me was excellent this season. But like you say, aging back line. Uh, Aaron Hickey was a good signing, bringing him in. Uh, Ethan Pinnock had a pretty good season as well. But he overall, really good this year. I think they're just going to need to bring in some attacking reinforcements and probably a defender too. Just I, it just makes me worried, you know, having Imbumo. I. I'm, I'm skeptical if he can keep up his form <laughs> that he had at the end of the season and relying on Wisa for, you know, a decent amount of goals is something I don't really feel great about. Mm -hmm. nah, that's fair. That's fair. What was your uh, takeaway and grade for this particular season for them? Good building, building block of a yeah, season. I think it's probably an A as well. Considering last season they had a really, really tough run in the middle of the season where they played really poorly. This season they didn't really have that drop-off and were pretty consistent throughout despite at times not playing the most attractive style. Uh, but they were really successful in what they did with their set pieces and uh, having guys like Mbumo show up at key moments and of course Ivan Tony carrying a lot of the load. Been me very solid in the back line and Jensen doing a lot of work in midfield. 
100%. By the way, the goalie was Mark Flecken from Freiburg. That's great. For 13 mil, so there he is. Great name. Uh, the Flecken. Let's move on to number eight. Tottenham Hotspur. Tottenham Hotspur. We go from two teams that received an A grade to a team... That receives an A+. plus. That will not receive an A grade. That is for sure. Uh, the peak was really the start of the season. I think through match week eight, they had six wins and two draws. And that one draw in the second week of the season, potentially the most fraudulent draw we've ever seen. Yes. The biggest rough ball draw ever. And that was um, before we knew Chelsea was a fraudulent club. Exactly. Exactly. Imagine how much, it, how worse it is now, knowing that. Yeah. Um, the end of the year after Conte left. Can I read it to you? Yes. Draw, win, loss, loss, draw, loss, win, loss, loss, win. Yeah. Yeah. Not good. Yeah, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good. Ryan Mason. Turns out he's not good. Not to mention the thumping 6-1 to Newcastle when they were down like 3-0 within uh, 10 minutes. Yeah, down, what, 5-0 inside 20. 20, So yeah. Brutal. Brutal for Tottenham. Um, the why? The only thing that kept them up? No, that's a bit... That's a bit exaggerating um bit of exaggeration on my part but truly the one only bright spot has to be harry kane who he finished with 28 this year and something like that you know the amazing thing is normally he has a spell on the sidelines didn't have one this season yeah very they important it. because uh <laughs> had he been out for an extended period of time they could have finished bottom half of the table which would have just been, been Chelsea awful yeah uh, as far as the why in terms of good components whenever they had good play whether it's Benten Kor Kulishevsky or whoever it felt like they'd patch it together and then the injury would pop up or something unlucky but more to the why now Hugo Lloris major drop off mm-hmm the the defense is just not good. It's so bad to the point to where it's like they'll tell you Romero's good and it's like really? Really? Yeah. Uh <clears throat> the main thing is just so many components of midfield relying on Ollie Skip. Uh well not really relying, but you know, having to play him a decent chunk towards then. More so relying on Hoiberg, which is just not where you want to be. Yeah. Still struggling to incorporate Basuma. Richie Richarlison Good lord. What a terrible signing. Terrible signing. And then Hyung Min's son, who... I don't know if you know this, but uh, in week eight, when he got a hat-trick against now relegated Leicester City, he was uh, announced back. Yes. Okay, just in case you didn't know. He's back. I didn't... I'm back. No, one of the worst years for Hyung Min's son in his career. Did I miss anything out as to the why? Larice, the defense, midfield, and Sun? Yeah. I Pretty think much everything minus Kane and like Kulishevsky. Losing Bentancourt was a massive loss for them. Um, the fullback situation slash wingbacks. You know, you got Royale with Cheese. Oh. You got. You got Who had an emergence for about three weeks and he looked kind of good. And then it yeah. went back to being bad. I'd say, I'd say uh, one of the good bright spots this year is Pedro Poro was amazing for him. Yeah. After having one of the worst debuts of like any somewhat marquee signing ever. That is true. But pretty much other than that, all their other signings were kind of a, a miss. You got Pisuma. Dan Juma barely not, saw the not, field alone. Not quite. Not quite. If you ask me, they improved that goalie with the Fraser Forster on a free over yes, Hugo Lloris. Exactly. Richarlis an absolute it's gotta be one of the all time worst transfers. Meanwhile, your squad is just it's rotting like a dead fish on a sidewalk. Could you imagine if Chelsea had got Richarlison this year? They would have been goaded. <laughs> yeah, well, remember it was Arsenal, <clears throat> Chelsea, and uh, Tottenham going for him, apparently? Yeah. 
Not yeah. to mention Jed Spence, who, how many minutes did he play? Like I, ten, two, and then he got loaned to Italy. Yeah. Um, my vision and outlook for them. I mean, it's been this way for a while. They try to deny it by bringing in Conte and trying to extend the idea of them being competitive, but they just don't have enough class players around Kane. Um, so they should have come to the conclusion that they should sell Kane and Son and recuperate whatever they can, but now it's at the point to where it's like, what would you get for Son? Nothing compared to last season. Yeah. Uh, and Harry Kane is just fine, I guess, staying there. So yeah. I guess keep him. Because he doesn't want to go anywhere ever. So yeah. I guess you're kind of just stuck with that. And it's a matter of having the right kind of, um, you know, having the board make the right decisions to place people around them. But they don't. They just don't. They just don't. Uh, they do have a new manager, though. Yes. The man from Celtic, the Aussie. Is it Ainge? Angie? What what is his name? I have no idea, man. It's He's a he's a mad lad. I think it's actually an amazing move for Tottenham. We talked about at one point this year how Tottenham needs to stop pretending they're a massive club and that they need to bring in all these world-class managers and stuff like that and just yeah. embrace the uh embrace being the kind of underdog of the I mean they teams. they kind of had a a Nuno Espirito Santa, Sanchez deal again Santos Santos where they had to go down the list of who they want to get Yeah No yeah if we we've talked about that in terms of the uh is 2019 or uh, 2021 all over again rather Yeah and I think the biggest miss this season was not getting Kulishevsky going Yeah part of that was injury but also part of it was just Probably Conte. Yeah. Just not, not knowing what to do. He threw his hands up at this team. So much so that he had the biggest freak out at a press conference ever, and it was hilarious. Mm -hmm. What's your grade and final takeaway for Tottenham Hotspur on the season, Sammy? Grade is F. F for fantastic. Unacceptable for a team who aspires to be in the top four. Signing's awful. Once again, shown that Daniel Levy has no idea how to run a football club and is only hampering them and trying to run them as a corporate entity, which doesn't work. LeBrand. Uh, LeBrand, bruh. It doesn't even matter because their stadium is completely soulless. And, you know, There's nothing they're, they're holding on to their best player and wasting his, his prime years. By the way, he finished with 30 on the year, Harry Kane. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, terrible year for Tottenham. And yes. can't say I'm sad. Moving on to seventh place, and we're in the European spots now, baby. We got Aston Villa. How about that? Yeah, it's got to be um, one of the greatest uh, mid-season turnarounds that there's been. Yeah, in a, in a long while. Uh, the peak obviously coming for match week 25 all the way through match week 33, including two draws and how many wins we got here? Two, four, six, eight. Eight wins in ten games. Fantastic work by Mr. Unai Emery, Mr. Good Evening himself. Mm-hmm. Low point, obviously, early in the year when, I mean, you just didn't know what Gerard was was doing. Uh, it was just odd, his decision-making. It started off, you called it right away that it was just a bad idea to have, you know, you take it away from Ming's, the captaincy, you sit him on the bench... The people he's placing faith in weren't playing that well for him. Mm -hmm. It was just not great. And then as soon as he left, if you felt like a big turnaround of momentum, yeah, uh, kind of come around. Especially to we'll get to the reason why 
Ollie Watkins and Fuego mm -hmm. for so for so long. The fence kind of got more sorted out. Still air prone, given, but that's just the system. I mean, that you're always going to be playing with fire when you're playing out of the back the way they do. Great year for Douglas Louise. Yeah. Um. Emmy Martinez, a good year. Be interesting to see if they hold on to him. Um, Jacob Ramsey, good yeah, second more, half of the more, season. More development from Ramsey. Yeah, it's, and uh, I, think, I think John McGinn was one of those guys that really benefited from the managerial change. 100% played a lot better. Played a lot better. Uh, overall, the team just looked a lot more cohesive. First half of the season under Gerard, they at times looked so wide open in defense and really struggled Aim. in attack. Uh, they didn't get much production. I liked bringing in Danny Ings, just add a little more quality up front as well. Some more goals. Yeah, well, then, you know what? Then they got rid of him. They said, hey, you go to West Ham. And they said, they said, how about we let Yeah, Ollie sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm getting mixed Villa versus West Ham, sorry. <laughs> but they, the uh, damn Clarendon Blues. Yeah, they uh, they said, hey, yes. let's let Ollie Watkins cook. And let that's exactly what it did. 15 goals on the year. Yeah, Just that, that's right. They, they, 20. they couldn't figure out how to use Watkins and Ings together. So then they so sent they Ings sent out. Yeah. yeah. Leon Bailey had moments this year, too, especially under... Emery that he was really aggressive. Is clearly like you could tell right away it was either a Bailey game or it wasn't, but yeah. At least you know you kind of got him going. Um Yeah, I mean looking ahead, you obviously just got to build on this end of the year. I think player recruitment, they got a bit unlucky this year in a sense with signing Diego Carlos for 30 mil and he tore his Achilles. Yeah. On uh like the second or third game. Kamara, an amazing signing from Marseille for for Villa, that's for sure. But, you know, there's just going to be room to, uh, you know, they'll add more depth. Maybe like one or two more kind of flashy big-name signings and stuff. But uh, for the most part, it'll be interesting to see this summer if they hold on to Emmy Martinez, I think will be the main thing for him. Yeah. Overall, I feel pretty good about their squad going into Europe. I think they have a better have squad that. than some of the other teams around them, especially like Brentford, um, Fulham. So I feel good about that, and you would expect them to spend some money as well. Yes, 100%. What do you give them for a grade? I would give a. them an A. Minus? Uh well, I mean, the turnaround was just so fantastic. You, you can't give them anything less it than an A. They look like a relegation fodder team under Gerard, and Aim. the turnaround was massive. And I don't think it was even anything necessarily to do too much with the style of play, but of course that was the thing. I think it was really just bringing in a manager who knew how to work with players and, and make them yeah. believe in themselves again. Sam, you make me believe in myself again. Let's move on. Number six, Brighton and Hove Albion. What a year. The, the pinnacle, the peak of the club mm -hmm. right now, qualifying for the Europa League. They start off with Graham Potter. They end with Roberto De Gerbi. Throughout the year, no matter who the manager was, absolute brilliant play. You'd probably say the first four games, amazing start. Um, and then there's a stretch in there for match week 19, match week 23, where they went undefeated. Uh, just getting a bunch of wins racked up by Brighton. You know, last year their whole thing was they were there were games they should have lost. And they're able to draw them. This year, there's probably a couple games where, you know, I wouldn't say they deserve to draw, but they went out and they dominated the game and they got their wins. Uh, the why, I think you just saw a lot of development, player growth. Guys like McAllister, guys like Caicedo, 
Um, even young guys that didn't play the full year but are clearly coming on the scene with young Evan Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Uh, career years out of a couple guys like Solly March and Pascal Gross who have been very solid players throughout their Premier League careers but really turned it up this year. Uh, kind of weird Southampton-like rotation. Danette, Bobby Sanchez, not that great, falls out of favor. Jason Steele, a.k.a. Fresh Lloyd Christmas. Yes. Coming in. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the main thing for the reason why I felt like they're so good, even though everyone talks about their attack, their defense was just so rock solid, and you knew what it would be game in, game out. Mm-hmm. But that free-flowing football, that's what everyone will... Everyone will remember. Yeah, it seems like this season they finally elevated their game to really add the goal-scoring element. And uh, it seemed like Grand Potter had them flowing a bit better. But once once DeGerby came in, he really elevated the team to the next level. Uh, he brought in his ideology and kind of mixed it in with what was already there perfectly. You know, he had this possession-based game where you invite the defense onto you and then work out of the pressure into the open space uh it, it just worked so perfectly with the personnel that they had and they were getting goal scoring contributions from a lot of different guys pascal gross McAllister, trossard earlier in the season and uh you had guys like inciso and undav towards the end of the season popping up scoring goals. Dennis undav. And of course, you had taker. you had our guy Mitoma, Doctor Dribble. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, the ultimate emergence. Solid the march. Ultimate emergence. Like you said, career year. Estupinan was solid. Caicedo uh, was huge in the midfield, and uh, the defense was very solid. Jason Steele, kind of coming out of nowhere, <laughs> but he came in great distribution. Lewis, don't yeah, top five defender around. in the league. Top five defender in Europe. Thank you very much. Evan Ferguson, uh, emergence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the look ahead and the question with this is how long can they keep it together as far as a lot of these guys. Their recruitment's been fantastic, obviously, to get these uh, guys in the position that they're at. But McAllister, obviously, already out. Sounds like Caicedo's going to Chelsea for around 80 mil. Obviously, Trossard got picked up by Arsenal in the winter window already. Um, their player recruitment and development, it's one of those things where you kind of, until it starts to go south, you just have to kind of take for granted and be like, hey, they know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and bringing in a couple guys, Mo Dahoud from Dortmund on a free, Joao mm -hmm. Pedro from Watford for almost like 30 mil. Yeah, uh, I like that they they brought in a couple of more established guys to pair up with the youngsters. They realize like, okay, it's good to bring in these youngsters, but we do need to add some experience bolster. to the team as well. But still, young guys that bring experience and quality to the team. Yes. Um. Yeah, what's your uh, your grade and takeaway for him? An A, I presume. I'd give him an A plus. I mean, like you said, best year ever for Brighton. Um, playing better than a lot of the big clubs, to be honest. And there's no no sense of fraudulence anywhere near this team. Yeah, it's just a matter of if you know being able to replace some of these guys which like i said you almost have to just imply that they will given the fact that their player recruitment's been this good so far yeah I think moving so. to f moving to fifth place we have sam's team live our pool uh really kind of slow start for i don't know not quite first half of the year but first third is that, that fair to say? Yeah, a good chunk of the season. I mean, it wasn't even like they were losing that many. They lost to United. They lost to Arsenal. They did beat City. Lost to, 
Well, that's the force, yeah, but I mean, it was a lot more so just draws, just dropping points all throughout. Yeah, um, they, they went on. Eh. Yeah, the was, end of the year. really towards the second half of the season when they turned it on. Yeah, I mean, from, from match week 23 through 38, they had two losses. Yeah. And they had one, two, three, four, five draws. The rest were wins. So, you know, they were they were racking it up. Um, the why? Slow start for Sala early on. Trent Alexander Arnold, obviously not not that great. Um, the why, as far as the turnaround, Klopp kind of just fully readjusting his. System in a sense, moving Alexander Arnold to midfield, um, kind of just having Fabinho be the permanent pivot, just kind of hanging back almost as a fullback when in possession. Uh, defense still kind of shaky at times, especially Van Dyke was not good throughout the whole year, given Van Dyke standards. That is obviously compared to most guys, he's still good. Uh, Allison, obviously amazing, their best player of the year by far. Couple signings which seemed weird at the time, but they were effective. Uh, obviously, Cody Gakpo being the main one. Mm-hmm. It must be said, Luis Diaz out for a good chunk of the year too with injury, which obviously hurt them. Yeah. But you know they really made up for it with Roberto Firmino going out on a high note. Yeah. I mean, no one would have thought he'd pull that production out. Yeah, Liverpool, their real big issue this season was defensively a lot of mistakes earlier in the season having Trent Alexander-Arnold trying to play more as a defensive fullback really didn't work out. He got cooked a lot, so moving him into the midfield was big. You saw kind of the highs and the lows of Liverpool. At times they looked horrendous, but also at times they looked like some of the best play you've ever seen. Some some big wins, the 9-0 against Bournemouth, and then obviously one of the big huge matches of all time, I would say. Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. Absolute yeah. thrashing, historic thrashing. And some of the just best free-flowing football that they had uh, really made you scratch your head and wonder why they couldn't piece it together a bit more. But... You know, they didn't capitalize on their success. They tried to go a bit cheap. They didn't reinforce the squad, and they paid the price for it. And we'll see if it continues to kind of go on that trajectory, because it seems like it might. Yeah, it's one of those things where it always comes down to will Fenway Sports Group invest a little more and keep... uh keep some depth it, it felt like this year they really tried to get away with just using a lot of youth guys and squeezing every last bit out of uh james milner and you know henderson's pretty much there too where they're not you know cooked but they're not what they used to be yeah um the midfield needs a complete revamp holster. well getting McAllister for 35 mil is amazing work by them that's Fantastic. He'll be great in terms of distribution going side to side and kind of keeping keeping a balance as we saw. Will they put him on pens over Salah, you think? Uh after some of Salah's pens this year? Yeah, maybe. Are we sure? <laughs> Are we sure he's allowed to take penalties? We know McAllister's a pen merchant. I mean looking at their midfield, okay, so they got Fabinho, Tiago, Henderson, Jones, Elliot. Bicetich and McAllister. Yeah, that's just they you, need to bring you, in two you more. Need to bring yeah, at least two more, and you need some more. Not fully Quality. defensive, but you need some more defensive, more towards Might like it, a yeah. Henderson type, uh, like an eight at least, like a six slash eight kind yeah. of player. But overall, 100%. they're going to need some reinforcements. They brought in some guys up front, obviously, like you said, Gakpo, but Darwin, Habibi, Nunes. I didn't even a mention massive, him. Massive, massive miss. That, 
I don't know. He wasn't that bad in terms of prod, uh, productivity output when you look at it. Uh, just doesn't meet the price tag, obviously. Um, well, a stat him. that he didn't lack in was offsides. I'll tell you that. That's true. He's just too fast. He's just such a speedy guy. I, I'm feeling a good Darwin Nunes. I'm buying Darwin Nunes stock. That's all I'll say. All right. Uh, I'm just trying to think of Premier League guys that I think would kind of fit well on uh, Liverpool. I think that uh, Ducor and Palace would be kind of decent, but you need to play the ball more, so a guy like Ducor and Anana might not be the best. Yeah. Um, I mean, the uh, the obvious one would be Declan Rice, but they can't they can't pay for that. Why are they? Remind me, why are they not going for Ruben Neves? For like thirty or forty mil, I don't know. I think they're just allergic to buying midfielders. Other than McAllister, they were like forced into by the fact that yeah, his price was so cheap. Which is, it's like buying a guy in auction for fantasy football when he's just like cheap. You don't even like like the guy. I think he'll do like that great. Yeah. But you're like, oh well, this is just too low. I yes, have to I get can't, this guy. I can't just watch this opportunity guy, pass. Um. Yeah, I mean, what what's your grade for Liverpool then on this season? Uh, I would give them probably a C. Towards the end of the season, they started picking it up, and they looked a bit more like the old Liverpool and made a charge for the top four. Ultimately, ended up four points short. But I think there's still still hope for the future. It'd be interesting to see. There's some noise around Salah potentially going to PSG which I think honestly wouldn't be the worst thing for Liverpool to recoup some money on that yeah. free up some wages yeah definitely wouldn't be too bad but at the same time it's like if you're I don't know there's just a chance they don't invest it and then you completely are just like the fans are That's alienated true. and they're like what are you doing moving on true. top top four they did it Newcastle United, Eddie Howe's men getting fourth place. Mm -hmm. Truly incredible stuff. Not worthy of manager of the year, though. Sam's guy, Pep Guardiola, pulls it out once again. Um, Just so impressive, their their ability to, you know, even though they drew a ton, there's something about not, not leaving yourself open to to losing. I mean, they had the one against Liverpool early on, which they almost saw out, but they kind of blew it. Um, a few, a few, at least four game win streaks. I think their best one was a one, two, three, four, five, six game win streak from match week 12 through 17. Uh, huge part of it. Trippier, obviously amazing out there. Pope, one of the best signings of the year. Their whole back line, just a rock. Mm -hmm. An absolute rock. Their one downfall probably would be their attack at times, which Wilson and Isak were both great, but once in a while it was just like, how did they not score? I think the ultimate version of that was uh, their game against Leeds at home, middle of the season. Uh, but, yeah, what, what were your initial thoughts on Newcastle's season? Newcastle, probably the team with the best home field advantage. I mean, going to St. James's Park, honestly, one of the toughest games you could face uh, last season. So they really made that place a fortress. Like you said, the goals dried up a bit for a while in the middle of the season, but they kind of came back towards the end with Callum Wilson and Isak going on some good goal scoring runs and they, they put together some nice uh, score line 6-1 six, six against Spurs that was a good one and then 4-1 against Everton the game after 3-1 Southampton be West Ham 5-1 even though West, West Ham's defense just like that was like I don't know what happened they just um, like got nuked Brighton, Brighton 4-1 4-1 yep so definitely some Don't sleep really on beating Southampton 4-1 and yes. Newcastle three nil. Be Brighton earlier, or, or Newcastle beat uh, Leicester three nil. Um. Yeah, I mean, looking ahead, 
it'll be interesting to see the moves they make. I mean, if they get Barella, that's that. Yeah, I mean, I I guess looking ahead, I'm just wondering, you know, uh, when when they begin to offload some of these guys that are just not going to be up to the Newcastle quality and stuff. But you know, it's weird because obviously they're they've had so much success with guys you wouldn't think would that they'd eventually offload guys like maybe even Joe Willick. I know they just bought him what two summers ago at this point, but guys like that are earning their place guys like Longstaff that's the reason mm -hmm. why they are where they are but I just wonder you know they just sold wood for like 15 mil to Forest, and they kind of got bailed out with that uh, but I just wonder what do you think even guys like say Maximin like when does he move to like France or something or yeah there's definitely room for upgrades I'm sure they probably need to clear out some some spots in the squad to be able to bring in some new guys in but yeah they've done really well with guys that were already in the squad like Elmeron, Willick, Longstaff uh you know not even spending a whole ton of money honestly yeah uh, now they now I mean just getting the Barella in there if that happens oof yeah that's I think be incredible I think the big thing will be to see next season of course in the Champions League that's that's a big change. Yes, you need the depth there. You need depth. So you'll have to keep a lot of these guys anyways, even if they're just playing FA Cup, Carabao Cup, yeah, uh, things of that nature. Yes, so, you'll have to keep Lloris Carrius. Everyone has to keep him. Uh, yeah, what's your grade for Newcastle? Obviously A, I would assume, but yes. what, are you, what are you looking forward for them in the... the next season what they can build upon yeah i mean it's really exciting to watch him play despite the fact that i hate that they're an oil club and kind of a part of the downfall of world football but putting that aside they've got some really entertaining players and watching them play at st james's park is you know one of the more exciting things in the premier league agreed Agreed. Um, moving on, we have a team that you felt should have won the league, but didn't. And yes. We'll let you expand on that. Yeah, that's right. Manchester United with their plus 15 goal differential. Deserved to take it all. Really should have. Ten Hag, baby. Yeah. Ten Hag, baby. Exactly. Well, I mean... They had a couple little minor losing streaks throughout the year, but all in all, the their start to the year was the worst part of their season. Yeah. I mean, you lose it to Brighton at home, which obviously you know Brighton's good now, but the Brentford game that was, was a shock to the system. That was wild. That was wild. Uh, Six three against City. Yeah, also pretty pretty crazy. I would just like to say that, you know, when Harry Maguire was captain, they may have lost the first two, but after that they won one against West Ham and they won one against Bournemouth, and they beat Leeds. They beat Everton, and they beat Nottingham, and then they beat Fulham. Are we sure Harry Maguire isn't the future captain of he should be. Manchester United? He should be. Um... Uh, the why for so much success, but also turmoil early. Uh, obviously, the whole Ronaldo saga. I think that's why people, too, are so, like, all in on Ten Hag. Because Ronaldo left and they got better. So people are like, oh, he knows what he's doing. It's like, mm. He also did panic by Casemiro. What, don't get me wrong, Casemiro was fantastic. and needed to be done. But, like, I think that was more... Uh, more reason for your success than anything we've been saying for how long they need a six yeah honestly though people saying that casemiro was the signing of the season no I, that's I a bit disagree. much but it's he, it's a bit he, much but he was for united obviously and he was very important yeah he, I, he was great but understated. how many games did he miss because of red cards well you know he didn't know he didn't know you couldn't do that that to me puts him out of the running 
Meanwhile, you got guys like Sancho, Anthony, Voot, Veghorst. Uh, absolutely. You keep Veghorst's name out of your mouth. Absolutely fraudulent team. Might be the most fraudulent third place team ever. And, you know, I'm just waiting for the ball to drop on people when they realize this is just another, you know, situation, another, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, drawn blank here Leipzig guy Rolf Rangnick. oh uh, yeah Ralph that he's not the the messiah of the club uh, that United is still not a top club they're only finished third place because huge drop-offs from teams Chelsea, like Chelsea Liverpool, Liverpool Tottenham, Tottenham. Um, yeah I I expect them to probably get surpassed by Newcastle shortly. Uh, and I would expect Liverpool next season to finish above them as well. Here's the thing about United with me. I think it's just sad they've got to the point to where they like cheer for City to win titles. It is very Over sad. like Arsenal. and It's just weird. It's embarrassing. It's, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Um... But no, the reasons for success, you know, also Lissandro Martinez, pretty pretty spotty season, um, really good at times. Obviously, the start was not not so great. Once they got him some cover in midfield, is a whole lot better. The whole Erickson dynamic was kind of weird, but he's just a solid player and can make almost anything work. So uh, he kind of masked that issue, but. The run of Rashford playing amazing for a while, and then the injury, unfortunately, kind of catching up with him. Bruno Fernandez kind of starting off pretty decent, and then middle of the year, around the World Cup, he really faded. Then towards the end of the year, he started playing better. Mm -hmm. It's forever just Bruno Fernandez is just not, not an elite guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really an odd kind of team. Yet they don't have a nine. No. But yeah, goal scoring isn't like their issue. It's it's very odd. And then da David de Gea back in back in the doghouse with all United fans after just letting. Well, it's like once he lets one in, it's like he gets the yips. Yeah, uh, I mean, imagine where they would be if they didn't have that amazing run of Rashford's form. Yeah, fifth, sixth in a bad year. I mean, their attack is really rough. They're relying on guys like Garnacho to come in and, and provide goals. Meanwhile, he's guys like Anthony in, and Jason He's better Sancho than Anthony, and he's better than Sancho, and those guys are worth a combined 200 mil. Yes. Have you thought about that? Have you thought about how Garnacho is worth 200 mil? I think Anthony I Martial think is better than both those guys. Anthony Martial is apparently gone. So, good night, sweet prince. Yes. What's your grade for United season? United, I'd give him a D. That's a bit hard. They're a fraudulent club. <laughs> I know they are, but that's a bit hard. They indeed. finished third. That's their reward. Yeah. I'm not going to give them a fraudulent grade. I'm not going to say, oh, they an you A. Keep it, you keep it 100. Yeah. You keep it 100. But, you know, they're going to get bought by Qatar for £6 billion. Pounds, so. Big ups. Big ups to and man you. Next season, we'll just play in the oil fields. Well, that's what I already do anyways. Um, moving on, second place, we have Arsenal. The best team to have ever existed. Uh, debatable, because Wolves exist. No. Obviously, fantastic start to the year. One loss in their first 21 match days. Just to lose to teams like Everton. And draw with teams like West Ham and Southampton. Yeah, you know, I'll... I'll and to get pantsed by Brighton. And I'll take it. Arsenal was fraudulent as well. Second half of the season. I'll say it. There. Uh, the I old, don't know if it was fraudulent or if it was just... The old Arteta Arsenal. got too big brain slash loyal and uh, didn't make the right moves. The old Arsenal reared its ugly head. Yeah. But amazing start to the year. The why, obviously, the resurgence of Granite Jock is the only reason as to why, if you ask me. Not even a laugh. 
No, I'm I just going to let that simmer. Good. Barton Odegaard, probably top three player in the league this year, in my humble opinion. Getting him officially for 35 mil, amazing work. Um, all around, great. The defense was better um, yeah, this year, especially Saliba. Saliba. Was, yeah, Saliba was better than anyone they had in defense all of last year. Ramsdale, another solid year. Partey, the hit and miss, especially towards the end, more miss than hit. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of part of the why, too, as to why the downfall. They had better players towards the end, and they stopped playing them. Um, Trossard, namely, and mm -hmm. George. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Arteta got too persistent too on, loyal. on playing some guys, but Trossard and Jorginho should have been starting every game there. And I think it, it really cost them. Yep. Um, the look ahead, obviously, back in the Champions League now. They'll have to answer some questions as far as, uh, you know, when they're going to be bringing guys in. Maybe one or two guys out. Obviously, the big thing will be, can they beat Man City to Declan Rice? It sounds like Declan Rice wants Arsenal over City, but, you know, depends what West Ham will do. Yeah, I expect I expect City to come in and just throw really down like Arsenal's million. Bet, really, Arsenal's best bet is that Declan Rice wants to go there. That's what they have going for him. Otherwise, it'd be a slam dunk for City, in my humble opinion. I just don't see him flat out rejecting City. I could see a preference. But I can't yeah. see where he would say That's I I'm don't saying, yeah. I don't want to go to the team that just won the treble. Yeah. Um Yeah, I was wondering about what they're gonna do with Smith Rowe. He'll have to fit his way back in. There's always injuries at Arsenal. This last year there wasn't as many as normal. Um, except for him, obviously. So yeah. he'll have to figure his way back in the team and whatnot. Um the number nine at times is still a mystery with Jesus being hurt, still not nearly as efficient as he could have and should have been. Yeah. Eddie and Ketia, same story. Um, you just wonder, they probably won't invest in the nine, which is fine. Oh, we got Balogun. Uh, the American. The American. Also, some questions as far as a couple guys, which they're looking to get rid of, guys like Irony and stuff. It's like, mm -hmm. is that really going to happen who knows so decently busy summer not as busy as the past few summers on the overhaul for arsenal but they have some they have some stuff to do mm -hmm. what is your uh what is your grade kind of takeaway outlook for arsenal grade would be an a minus just because of the end of the season fall off there but overall very positive better than expected by quite some ways it'll be good to be back in the champions league i just hope that it won't get back to like accepting champions league and you know the old fourth place. round of 16 fourth place round of 16 yeah get fourth the fourth place, place trophy I, I really would like to see arsenal try and elevate themselves into being you know an upper echelon tier team but you know there's there's quite a bit of work to be done still Absolutely. Moving on, final team, the champions, Manchester City. The why. Uh, definitely not Erling Holland because that guy no. sucks. Yes. They play better without that guy. I prefer Darwin Nunes. I prefer only Julian Alvarez. Quick check-in and all those people who were saying that uh, Darwin Nunes would be the better signing. Yeah, I think those people are no longer with us, unfortunately. Yeah. Rest in paradise. Crickets. Yeah. Um, Erling Holland, record-breaking season. Amazing season. De Bruyne, he was De Bruyne, steady as they come. Jack Relish a little more involved. The fallout of Cancelo. The Gindawan experience, as always. Um, Phil Foden, kind of up-and-down season, in and out of the team. Um, defensively, Man City just kind of plugging it away with 
Ake, Manuel Akanji playing amazing. Yeah. Uh, just Yeah, they nice. moved on from Cancelo really quickly. Yeah, didn't need the crossing merchant. Yeah. Uh, I guess their slow part of the year, they had some draws throughout, but they didn't really, you know, have a down part because it's Man City. Um, the end of the year, what, match week 25 through, you know, 38. Yeah. They did lose Second to a game until the last the last game. So when they had already won. Yep. Played a rotated team. Yeah. yeah. Pretty uh, pretty nuts. Uh, um, for a good chunk of the season, didn't look like they had to get out of first gear. They were getting results anyways, and then they really elevated the game. I think playing um, Gundogan every match really changes things, obviously, Holland. That's, that's pretty my look ahead, is they have some like transition, especially in midfield, that's like, well, what are they going to do with... Is Gundogan going to leave? Are they going to ever sell Bernardo Silva? Mm. Um, it'll be very, very interesting to see what they do, how they do it. Um, apparently, we were just talking about Declan Rice potentially going to Man City. Yeah. If I had to bet, I would say 75% chance he goes to City, 25% chance he goes to Arsenal. Um, yeah, honestly, West Ham would be silly not to just try and hold out and wait as long as possible and, you know, yeah. allow other teams to Until get Until Declan Rice is just like, all right, I want to go. Yeah. Bayern Munich's own Declan Rice. Yes. Well, we didn't even uh, mention Arsenal going after Kai Havertz. <laughs> 60 oh, million we, pounds. You don't want to do that. You don't. I do want to do that. Hey, after I after I slandered Jorginho, I'm not going to say anything again. You, I, Jorginho has and always will be the ultimate club filter on uh, football fans. If you don't know, Jorginho's goaded. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Kai Havertz, on the other hand, for Chelsea, he might work at another club, and he probably will, but it's not going to work at Chelsea. Same with Timo Werner. Just how it is. So you got to move on. Uh, if a team is willing to give you 60 mil for him, fantastic. If a team is willing to give you 45 mil for him, fantastic. Uh, but as far as City go, little little work can be done to their midfield this year. Um, as far as some younger guys that can emerge... You know, they always have one or two that pop through. Rico Lewis there. Um, Cole Palmer kind of gets some playing time here and there. We'll see. We'll see what happens with them. They have a lot of a lot of different guys that can uh, can emerge for certain things. But, yeah, you have anything else you want to say about City? What's yeah. the grade? What's the... Yeah, my final thoughts. Okay, yeah, sure, A+, plus, whatever. But my final thought on City is that it's amazing how you can take – such a extremely talented group of players and put them into something that is so soulless and unentertaining. My least favorite games are watching Man City play, sit and move the ball around very slowly and then just dice up teams for like 10 minutes a game and get wins easily and then buy whoever they want, wherever they want, spend... 50 mil on Calvin Phillips for him to play 10 minutes. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, now they're looking to offload him as part of money for Rice. They are probably the sole reason for the downfall of modern football. So as long as they're happy with that. You know, fine. Sam, the, the ultimate underdog, Chelsea, tried to save football, and they did temporarily by beating him in the Champions League final. Yes. Alas, Inter Milan couldn't save football. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's it. I was going to let me pull up what we had for our predictions because we had two of the spots right at the in the bottom half. I want to see how many we had for the uh, the top half. 
I don't know if we if we have this. I don't know if we have this. I don't have it handy, unfortunately. I'll find it for for the hankies next week. Let's just consider the fact that we got them all right. Well, first off, we did. I just wanted to keep the the listeners entertained. I'm pretty sure. I know we got City right. I'm just trying to think of who else we could have got right. I don't know. That might be it. <laughs> it's such a weird year at the top half. Yeah, it was such an odd year. Definitely not was, many. No, it's it was a very strange year. Yeah. All right, all right, Sammy. Anything else you'd like to say? Before we wrap up, any transfer predictions before uh, next week? The Hankies? The Hankies? Uh, I'm going to say Declan Rice doesn't go to Arsenal. Okay, well, you just say it goes to Man City. Yes. Okay. Okay. Kai Havertz, come on home, baby. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Jorginho's waiting for you, baby. Get yeah. the gang back together. Yes, yes. Um, can I give one prediction? Please. The the funniest uh, transfer rumor already happened. It already happened. The peak we reached. The peak. Tottenham putting in a fifty million pound bid for Harvey Barnes. The and joint James bid. That. If that's not Daniel Levy in a nutshell, I don't know what is. Yeah, that is embarrassing. One guy's literally worth 60 mil, and you bid 50 for him and another player. If I was Leicester, I would blacklist Tottenham. I I think I would too. Never I doing think. any deals with them. Yeah, that that would have to be a... You just keep that going. Oh, all right. Well, that wraps up the top half review of the season. Until next week for the Hankies. Adios. Adios. Mis amigos.